Hello, and welcome to another episode of Midmitten Gaming. I am your host, Juice, because I forgot to look up any other languages today. And I'm joined by GM Joff. Joff? Say hi, Joff. Joff? <laughs> Jeff? Geoff. Right. Uh-huh. So your, new na- your name for this episode is Saki. <laughs> That's not juice, is it? It's juice. If, according to my wife, any kind of alcohol is juice. So... <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, really, um, it's not just alcohol. It's any drink. Any drink is juice. Hey, hand me my juice. It's just whatever she's currently drinking. Is. <laughs> alcohol is juice. Uh, it's like, no, that's not fireball. That's cinnamon. All right. So Everything's a mimosa. All right. Today, we're going to start into... Um, a rules segment, uh, just going over some rules and commonly screwed up ones. Uh, so today we're going to kind of stick to the movement phase. Uh, Cause we like to think, keep things going. Yeah. We like to keep things moving. And so, uh, we, had, you know, sorry, we had talked about doing a rule segment for the kind of obscure rules. Um, some of these won't be as obscure, but ones that are commonly missed as well. Um, I miss them all the time. Um, it's easy to forget them, especially if they don't come into play a lot. But I think it'll be super helpful, and it'll be a good learning experience. So our, we're going to kind of format it as I'm asking the questions to Jeff, um, as he has a uncanny ability to remember rules, um, very much so, uh, especially when his hair is longer. Um, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, so... Um, that model has faint what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, like, yeah. What's that do? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That's so funny. Alright, cool. So uh but before we get into that, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh top three things we're most excited for for Adepticon, because that's coming up a, about a month away now. So Saki, what are you most inf- excited for? <laughs> uh, well, what are you most excited for? <laughs> At Adepticon. So, the top three things I'm most excited for at Adepticon would be, one, uh, I love hanging out with friends. Uh, so that's always my number one. I could care, uh, not less, but, I, I, you know, it didn't really matter if it was a board game convention, if it was some other hobby, you know. I mean, just hanging out with friends and seeing people I really admire and respect, um, that's my favorite thing about it. So that's what I'm most excited about. Uh I think the second most exciting thing to me is um, to play some games I usually don't get to play. Uh, so I'm going to be doing some one-off games of Bushido and Relic Blade, maybe some Carnival. So I'm really excited for that. Um, buying models for those two, maybe just to enhance my already existing stuff. Really, I could go on. There's a big list of stuff. DGS is going to be releasing some models I'm really excited about, but that's kind of a segue. But um, And then the third thing is I am really excited. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be running some demos so uh i'm really excited about that i uh i'm gonna be doing i think maybe one maybe two demos for dgs right now just to help out uh because they had such an influx of people wanting to do demos this year which is awesome and um, i'm excited to be a part of that so uh how about yourself awesome that's news to me i didn't know you were doing that cool uh i'm excited that juice is doing demos with us uh (laughs) But in all honesty, I'm super excited to just hang out with the DGS staff team as well as all of the like players. Uh, we have an awesome community. I'm really excited to see them. Uh, and our demo team is awesome, and I love hanging out with uh, with them. We've become pretty good. Yeah, players. we come in with sledgehammers and stuff, and then we just safety glasses. We start breaking stuff. Just doesn't oh, sorry. That's the other. Yeah. That's the other demo team. That's uh. Remind me. I need to talk to you about that demo team after the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not oh joking. Not joking. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, Dark Vengeance is going to be happening while we're at Adepticon, and so you're going to get to play. Hopefully, I'm I'm looking forward to playing some games with people that aren't in my uh, meta. Right, with I'm dark, hoping they're dark vengeance. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah, then you right. then you might not have to play me, right? And so as long as you get a haircut first, like you do before tournaments, it'll be fine. I don't think that's happening. I'm just kind of lazy and don't want to. I'll tell Haley. I'll be like, I'll bribe her. I'll be like, I'll give you juice if you <laughs> give you the sake. That's if a, you... 
that took uh, that took a really weird turn. Just so you know, I know. Yeah, it is with the nicknames. Uh, I, I, that's why I you want to rec- you want to retcon that. Let's go retcon. What I'm gonna, I'll buy I don't her want you to give bucks. her. I don't want you to give her any kind of sake. All right. Yes, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but we're gonna do this gonna, episode uh, is uh, rated R. Oh my for, gosh. <laughs> for right turn, wrong turn. <laughs> mm, all right. Anyway, so I'm excited uh, for to. I'm excited to be able to play our um, Dark Vengeance games against some other people. Uh, and then, lastly, oh man, Ruin is getting released. That Juice uh, alluded to that, but Ruin's getting released at Adepticon for DGS Games. Super stoked about uh, that. The tra- I have a problem though. What's your problem? My problem is I want to buy more jackals than I'll ever need. <laughs> it's just like model. Just do it. You can pack attack with them. So. Yeah, I know, but they're not they're not heroes. So it's like, how many of these will I really need? Like twelve. Yeah, I mean, uh, for I'm, captains. I'm, I'm I the last list I came up with was probably around like five. So there you go. That's awesome. Do it. And it's a great looking model. I have one right here someplace. Where are you? It's over there. Anyway, I have one here. You want to see it? I've seen the render. Okay. Anyway, Bye. so I have a war jackal that already. So courtesy of being bribed by Jen. Anyway, um, being bribed by Jen. That's, that's, that was <laughs> the bribe was a jackal, a war jackal, and uh, there you go. Um, so, anyway, so uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just excited to, about uh, Ruin coming out super stoked about them they've been a blast to play test i'm really excited for them to hit the hit the play the the field of play so that'll be really good um yeah i think those are some of the things i'm really excited about uh if i actually get the model done that i want to paint up i'm gonna enter golden demon so that could be fun too or it could be horribly disappointing we'll see (laughs) it's never disappointing if you learn from it Last time I entered, I didn't learn anything. That was the problem. Anyway, that's neither you here. Learned, <laughs> you learned. You learned. Nope, nope. Anyway. Know what not to do. Yeah, I learned I learned what Saki was that day. So, uh, anyway, so that's what I'm excited about with Adepticon. Really looking forward to it. Uh, if you're at Adepticon, come see Juice and I. We will sign your forehead or whatever we'll give you an autograph we'll sign your ruin tribes of ruin box how about that yeah there we you had go. An absolute uh, we had only somewhat we voted for it that was it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we had, and we play tested it we will ruin your ruin box <laughs> yeah, exactly. there you go <laughs> anyway so uh segueing from ruining things uh so we don't ruin this episode we're going to uh Segue into our, our rules. Our rules. <laughs> uh, we're going to segue into our rules stuff now. Um, so, Juice, you got some questions for me, right? Yes. Uh, the first one is, why do you cheat so much? I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be going over movement. Um, if by cheat you mean forgetting rules that are on my own models, then I, I don't know. Oh, uh, no. But um, that's why, you know, we're doing this segment. Um, it, it brings up a funny point, but the most important thing you can do when you're entering into tournament or playing a game of Free Blades is know how to run your group. Uh, if a opponent has to tell you how to run your group because you don't know or you're getting rules wrong, it's a very frustrating experience. Um, so knowing how to run your group is what you should be most concerned about. Knowing your rules, how to explain them, how they interact, and just knowing... You know, if your guy has Agile Charge or if your guy has uh, Fortress or some other very specific ability uh, that is flying, for instance, um, any of that is very important that you know how to run your guys. Because if you're both sitting there looking for rules because you want to do this cool thing but you have no idea what you're even doing, uh, it's not that fun. <laughs> so, um, the, yeah. I would say the number one thing you can do to get ready for a tournament at Adepticon is just remember to be an excellent person. That's it. Like, don't worry. If you don't have all your rules down, don't worry about it because the other guy will help you and stuff like that. 
you might not win because you don't know your own free band. If you want to win, the number one thing you can do is buy new dice. The number two thing you can do is know your rules. <laughs> if you want to uh, win. That did not work for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Sucks to suck, Juice. <laughs> I mean, Saki. <laughs> Uh, but you know, um, I think it's just a courteous thing. It comes with being excellent, right? Knowing your group and like being able to explain it, I think is like a courtesy, you know, just like to well, it's part of the give your opponent a good game, right? Yeah, but it's also why the Free Blades community is so awesome is because they're real patient and help you learn the rules and stuff like that if you don't know. This is also true, so yeah. Anyway, what questions do you have? Mm. I have many questions, but the relevant questions. Uh, first, I would like to know, Jeff, how does charging work? So I want to charge an opponent. Um, how, does, how does it work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, thanks for asking. Uh, so how it works is you sit there and I charge you and do whatever I want, and you cry about it. That's how that works. Only if you hit. <laughs> I I have advantage for some obscure reason. All right, so really though, how charging works is um, there's facing in in free blades, so it's just front and rear arc. You divide the model in half. You should have those um, front and rear arc on marked down on your model, either by like a dot or something. So it's just real easy and obvious what the front arc is. Uh, you don't want to get into a facing argument um, with your opponent in the middle of the game. That's no fun. Uh, and the TO will rule in favor of the person uh, that they'll rule in favor of the person that doesn't have or that has. That, oh, what am I trying to say? If you don't have your stuff marked, your your arcs marked, the TO is likely going to rule in the other guy's favor. Because you didn't mark down your facings, so you'll want to mark. You'll want to do that anyway. Charging. That facing one was a freebie. Still haven't answered my question. No, yeah, charging. Kidding. How to charge? The first thing you do is your mod. The enemy model must be in your front arc. That's why we talked about facing. So the enemy model must be in your front arc. All right. Then you declare that you're going to charge that person over there. Uh, so you declare that you're going to charge them. And then they get to declare any reactions before any models have moved. They get to declare any reactions uh, that they want to take. Uh, you also need line of sight, so you can't like charge through a wall unless you have agile charge. It's always talents, but this is like basic charge, right? No talents or anything that affect it. So then you need line of sight. So then you turn and change facing to point directly towards them. And what, and then you're going to move directly towards your target. So directly towards means that the center of your base needs to, if you draw a line from the center of your base, it needs to cross some part of their base, a straight line. And that is directly towards. So you cannot, like, for example, charge off and have the side of your base connect with the side of their base. Uh, because that means the center of your base from your starting point did not cross their line. If you want to see a diorama of this, you can go to page 24 in the LRB, and you will see a little diorama of what directly towards so, looks like. So let's stop right there. I've got a you know a couple questions already. So the first one is uh, talking about center of the base. Um, you mentioned drawing you know your markings, uh, marking your lines. So when you say the center of the base, do you mean the exact center of between the two lines? So it would be the very front point of your base there? So 180 degrees in the middle? Yeah, I mean, when I say the center of your base, it's the dead center middle. If you were to figure out where the center is as far as radius and is concerned, that point. That the dead nut center of your base needs to cross their base, like a line. Gotcha. The line that you take needs now, to cross. Now, I don't know if you mentioned it either, but that model needs to be in line of sight, too. I yeah, don't know if you I, yep, said that, I didn't right? say that. Yep. Front arc, line of okay, sight. Okay, now, define line of sight for me a little bit. Um, you know, I'm selecting a charging target. Like, I can see part of the model. 
um, but maybe it's a little bit obscured behind some terrain or something. So what am I looking at there? Page 25, LRB. Line of sight is a line drawn between any part of a model and any part of another model or any part of an object. Line of sight is blocked if there is an obstacle, usually a terrain or model, along the line. Terrain that blocks line of sight is listed on page 109. Models block line of sight. A model must have a model or object in line of sight, but not, or may have a model or object in line of sight, but not its front arc. To charge, the model needs to be line of sight and front arc. Uh, and you may shoot. Uh, that's shooting. Uh, so ultimately, if you can see the model, you can see it. That's line of sight. There's a rule for okay. volume, a model volume on page 26 that we're not going to get into, but that'll help you like, oh, well, that one's big. Um, so that with that, small. you know, you kind of have defined. Defined. Sorry, um, technical difficulty, but you've defined, okay, line of sight, and we're charging the middle arc and everything. Um, so let's say um, with that charge, what kind of bonuses do I get? Yeah, so one other thing with the charge. Why would I charge? Yeah, the other thing with the charge is uh, you can run if you want to, but it has to be in a straight line. Um, so that's the charging there. And all these rules for charging are on page 48. If you successfully charge, um, that means that you made contact with the opponent and you moved at least three inches you get a charge bonus, and what that does is, one, it uh, does a couple of things. Uh, first, you get plus one to melee damage tests. That's a big deal, especially against those high armor target, high AV targets. Uh, the next thing that you get is you will attack in the charging sequence instead of regular sequence. So you're going to attack, charging models tend to attack before other models. So that's another big thing. Um, and then the last one is a charging model cannot be piled on. And you count as charging if you get the if you move three inches and get the charge bonus. If you don't move three at least three inches and get the charge bonus, then you do not count as charging. So you need that little charge marker to count as charging. Got it. Okay. And I just want to note on the pile on. A lot of people make the mistake that say, oh, I'm charging, so I don't count for pylon. That's not the case. Charging models can count for pylon. It's a model that is charging cannot be piled on. So if you're charging, yeah. you can charge into the middle of the enemy swarm, and they can all jump on you, and you will not be piled on that round. Yeah, and I, I always like to think of it as they're moving so fast that the enemy can't, like, get a grip on them yet. They're not, like, surrounded. They're kind of, like, just entering the fray. Mm -hmm. It helps me to remember the rule for sure. Okay, so we've talked about uh, charging now uh, a little bit. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of nuances, more than we'll cover in just this episode with movement. But what do you think, then, um, my enemy... All of a sudden, they decide to um, do a, you know, they don't want to get charged by maybe this Boar Warrior that I'm about to put up in there, right? Uh, I'm going to make contact. They definitely don't want to fight this guy. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, indirect and direct panic a little bit related to this? Well, let's talk about evade beforehand, and then we can talk about panicking is a different uh, thing altogether. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So we can talk yeah, about it. And one uh, one other note, um, as we're doing all this movement stuff, one note about movement, and this is insanely important. This is how everything in the movement phase works. Everything in the movement phase follows this rule. You, as the active player, you declare your movement, and you explain the entire path of your movement to your opponent. Then your opponent declares any reactions they're going to they're gonna take, like evade, which we'll talk about here in a second. And then you move models. So I see a lot of people in the movement phase go, okay, this guy's going to do this, and they pick up their model and move it to where they were going to put it. But what you've done there is you've disallowed your opponent a chance to react appropriately, 
and um, you've also lost the position that your model started on. So if your opponent wanted to check the range and all that, we don't know what that is anymore. So you want to declare your movement and all everything that you're going to do to your opponent, they're going to react to that declared movement, and then you're going to move the models. Uh, you cannot change your declared movement if your opponent decides to, oh, I'm going to evade. You can't then go, oh, well, since you're going to evade, I guess I'm going to do this instead. That's not how that works. Okay. And if, if you, sometimes you can, if you're like, as far as like you can change targets, that's a, re, but it, that's there's a, a redirecting, mechanic. yeah, there's a redirecting charge that you can do. Uh, but, uh, we'll get to that. You, yeah. You, <laughs> you can read that, uh, if you want to on page, uh, 49, basically, which is one we might touch on, but yeah. Um, yeah. so thanks for that little segue. It's important. I, especially, I, I, we miss that. And there's been a lot of times where, Either I've cheated my opponent or my opponent is involuntary. Same. It's always involuntary, but I, my opponent's involuntarily cheated me out of something or vice versa because if the model's already been moved or things have already happened, then it's really hard to retcon because, you know, everything's different. So then, you know, if they decide later they want to, you know, evade because they didn't, you know, or they decide later they want to countercharge, those kind of things, it can make a big difference on positioning, you know. Yep. You always give your opponent a chance to declare what they're going to do. Even if they your opponent's already moved, you don't want to miss something like a model on delay, right? Or a model that's on hold. So declare your movement, let him or her declare their reactions, and then move your model. All right, so evade. When If you're about to be contacted by an enemy model, and this for all, all of these um, reactions... Reaction moves or reaction, uh, well, not attacks. Reaction moves. Um, you have to be on delay or on hold. And so the natural state of all models at the beginning of the movement phase before anybody's done squat is hold. Everybody's on hold. If you fail a delay test, you're on hold. If you pass a delay test, you're delayed and on hold. So uh, you're available to make all these reactions. And I love the reaction system because that means you don't just sit there and get those snot kicked out of you by your opponent, and then you get to respond after you've gotten the snot kicked out of you by your opponent. I love our, our reaction system. All right, so if you're on hold, you're able to declare, uh, make a reaction. Um, the, your boar warrior is charging my, let's say, caster, and I don't want to be contacted. So what I can do is I can declare an evade reaction. Um... And it's only after if a model will result in becoming engaged, you can declare evade. Um, you need to, to the first thing you need to do is pass a discipline test. If you fail a discipline test, you're not evading. If you pass your discipline test, you can evade. Uh, to do an evade move, you're going to move your speed plus a d4 inches or d6 if you're fast directly away from where the active model started its move. So again, directly away. You're going to draw from his center line, basically to your center line on this one, and you're going to both move along that line to get away from the opponent. Alright, and so you're going to evade, and you'll finish your evade, and then your opponent will move his model, or her model, uh, its charge distance. And if they still make contact, then you're contacted, it's in the back arc, it's real uh, sad, everything like that. Now, real quick, if I may, um, well, I guess, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But if you're contacted in the back arc, uh, you, since you evaded, you can't turn around or anything, right? Yeah, because you exceeded your speed. Gotcha, okay. Yep. So, um... Yep, so the active model continues to its move or charge and to, tries to contact the evading model. It deviates the minimum distance uh, to avoid other models, impassable terrain, etc. And you do as well. While doing so, you must go the maximum distance possible, including running if otherwise available. This is the active model. If the active model's originally declared movement distance is less than uh, the maximum distance it could have moved, it may 
choose a distance between that and the maximum distance. So between the declared distance where you started and its maximum distance to move, but it needs to pass a discipline test um, to choose its distance. Otherwise, it just moves its max. Models with Frenzy, Wild Charge, Impetuous, things like that, they can't, um, they can't evade. Because they're crazy. Yeah, Impetuous must countercharge if it's charged. Um, Frenzy and Wild Charge can't evade, it says so. Okay, so going back on, uh, you know, I, I even misused the terms earlier, but uh, you attempt the discipline check as the first part of your evade. Yep. Uh, and let's say you fail. Yeah, so if you fail, a uh, couple other things really quick about evade that I'm looking at. Uh, so you move away, you're facing directly away from your opponent when you do that. Um, if you evade off the table, you're welcome to, but you kind of run off. Yep. And there's other things, so it's a discipline test for, otherwise there's other things that can increase that or decrease that. And one, why you would want to evade is like, I don't want to get contacted by this guy. Or, another reason, you are trying to draw the enemy into a trap where they're going to try to run you down and contact you and this and that. And so you're going to try and draw them into a trap. And so you're going to evade back like into your lines and the enemy, hope the enemy comes into your lines, right? So that you can jump on him. Uh, there's re there's lots of reasons to evade. Uh, me and uh, Scott Gubbins had a game where we made nine or ten evade tests between the two of us constantly it was a really fun game he had uh stoneclaw savages trying to charge me and i was like nope so okay oh, here's cowardice yeah <laughs> just kidding that's right all right so your question was what was your question again juice so uh Saki, i want to evade but i fail my discipline check um you can, if you fail the discipline check, you're either on hold uh, and you just stand there and you're going to hold as your reaction instead of evade, or you can choose to voluntarily panic. If you choose to voluntarily panic, you're going to panic away, which is going to be your speed plus a D4, D6 inches um, directly away from the enemy. The only downside to this one is if he catches you, you get dropped because you're panicked. So there's that. But you can always voluntarily panic. Um, you had a question about panic in general. Yeah, so let's say um, I voluntarily panic, right? And so I go directly away from the enemy model. Uh, now, with that being said, I'm panicked the next round too, right? Yeah, and in fact, if uh, so a model can make any number of panic moves in a turn. So if you get charged by a second model, right, let's say, um, you can panic again, or you, not can, you do, you panic again, if you would be contacted by the second model, right? If you're not going to get contacted by that charge, you don't panic. <clears throat> but if you would, if the charge would result in you becoming engaged, you panic directly away from that new charging model. No so, discipline check, huh? No, uh, because you're panicked, so you're just going to run away. And so, like, I played a game against Colin where he ping-ponged a uh, a shadow shadow dancer, uh, mist dancer around the around the field, it was like a pinball machine. It was ridiculous because he just kept. Charging. And any of those models, if they were to contact, would Drop would it. end that model, right? Yeah. Okay. But every time now, you're about to be contacted, you make another panic move directly away from the model that is about to contact you. And again, okay. you do the directly away from where they start not where they think they're going to contact you. So like you can't like gotcha. loot you can't if I if you can't like move around behind me and then panic me back to where you started. Does that make okay. sense? So does that make sense? That can't So happen. even if I had agile charge and I could do some wonky things, it would be from where I started even if I Yeah, where you somehow was able charge. Okay. Yep, because you you do the uh, your your charge would result in me being contacted, 
right? We measure it out. Yep, okay, that's going to contact me. I panic and make a direct panic away from the charging model. Interesting. It's kind of like, I guess, fight or flight. So you see a bull about to charge you in real life and your body starts moving before you really know where you're going to end up. Yeah, and in game mechan in mechanics terms, like you don't want to get into a situation where you can't do anything about a model that's being pan that's been panicked, and just dies. Yeah. So with panicking too, um, you know, uh, tell me a little bit. What's the difference between direct and indirect? I see this one gets screwed up quite a bit. Um, people will panic, and they will run like they'll lose a combat, right? And they'll panic from the combat for failing a discipline test. And they will move their model directly towards their board edge. And that is not how they need to move their model. So there are two types of panics. Like you were saying, there's a direct panic and an indirect panic. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to pull that up right now. And I'm on page 53 of the LRB if you're curious. Um, so panic move we already talked about. It's your speed plus a D4 or D6 inches. So what we've been talking about are direct panic moves where you move directly away from the model that's about to engage you, right? You run directly away from the source of that's causing you a panic. Uh, this is typically done after failing a morale test due to lost combat, being panicked and having a model uh, about to engage you, or failing a terror test, you run directly away from the model that uh, if you like touch a terror test, you panic. And so you run directly away from the model that was terrifying. And we've talked about direct moves quite a bit. It's the center of the model's base, draw a line, and run directly away from it, right? So that's a direct panic move. Um, you end with your back towards them. Uh, so this is the type of uh, panic move that you would make after failing uh, a discipline chest for losing test for losing combat is you're going to make a direct panic move away from the model that you were engaged with. If you were engaged with two or more models, um, I think what you do is split the difference between them and run directly away from both of them. So you... That's how that would work. Uh, multiple models. The direction of the panic must be max must maximize the panic model's distance from all enemy models involved. So generally, to maximize your distance, this is bullet two under direct panic moves. To maximize, if you're in combat with multiple models, to maximize the distance between all of those models, typically you're going to split the difference between all of those models. Right, and that's going to be your line of direct panic. So if there's two models, let's say there's two models, they're both touching, and they cause you to panic, you would just go from right between the two of them and run away, and that'd be your direct panic move. Does that make sense? Did I explain well? Yeah, yeah. Okay, indirect panic moves. Indirect panic moves are like uh, the type of move that's, oh, no. I just uh, watched my friend die. Do I run away? Right? So they're typically caused by uh, somebody within proximity, which is six inch proximity, being dropped that you saw. So if you have line of sight to them, and remember line of sight's 360 degrees, and they got dropped, and they're within six inches, you're going to run away. Potentially. You've got to make a panic test. If you fail that panic test, you are going to make an indirect panic move. This is indirect because you're not running directly away from the source of the panic. What you will do with an indirect panic move is run directly towards your board edge. So you're going to take the nearest route to your board edge with an indirect panic move. Uh, so again, this is caused by like models dropping near you and you failing a panic test from that. Or you, you try to rally and you fail that discipline test. That's another form of an indirect panic move. And you move directly towards your home edge. Okay. The, the maximum distance possible. Okay. And when you're you're just doing a regular run, not adding your D6 or D4 on this one, right, for nope, the indirect? It's, no, it's still a panic move. 
So you move your speed plus a d4 or d6. Okay. Panics, right. Panic moves are a type of variable move, and so variable moves add the d4 or d6. So, you know, to kind of sum up what you're talking about a little bit, and I know there's probably more even, but um, so in my mind I picture a, um, a direct panic move is I have a dog about to come chase me down, and anyone who's ever been chased by a dog would feel this, but you run pretty much in the opposite direction every time. Yeah. You're not um, going to run to the side. Yeah. Because right, that's you're not going to zigzag necessarily, uh, you know, like off to the side and get like intercepted. Um, so, you know, I think serpentine. Yeah, you're not going to serpentine. And then an indirect is more like you see something scary, so you run home to your mom. Yeah. And you're like, I really want a hug from mom because I just watched my friend die. <laughs> so. No, I just saw Slender Man outside, so I run. Oh my gosh. I run directly to my house instead nice. of okay. away from yeah, Slender so. Man. All right, cool. You always watch well, thanks for, for walking us th- uh, through yeah. that. What, is there anything else you want to touch on for panic? Yeah, the last one is forced panic. If you're already panicked and you're about to be engaged, you panic again, and it's a direct panic move away. There's rules for it, um, but it's a direct move away from the model about to pan- about to engage you. Okay, you now what... Wouldn't that be the same you said earlier? Anytime you're about to be contacted when you're yes. panicked, you that's, make a check. So. That's a forced panic move. That's what we were all okay. ta- we were talking about that earlier. It's called a forced panic move. Okay, so very nice. Um, so now that we talked about those a little bit and the interactions in between, um, I want to talk a little bit about intercept, if that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. So um, I let's let's use the same scenario. Um, I have a boar warrior, and he's about to charge my good buddy, the illusionist. The illusionist makes, uh, you know, uh, declares an evade test as a reaction, and he fails his evade test. But I just so happen to have um, the illusionist good buddy, Blackthorn, uh, right off to the side, within four inches. Let's say standing you know, right on the same path um, in between the Boar Warrior and the um, Illusionist. Well, not directly in between because, right, that would prevent the... It would be useless, yeah. Yeah, the Boar Warrior would would not be able to charge the Illusionist then. But let's say... um, Let's say he's just in front, two inches off to the side. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, so you can intercept as a reaction. If an enemy model comes within four inches of you, you can intercept it. Uh, Intercepting models and their targets use prorated movement. So if you're faster, you move an inch and a half for every inch that the other guy moves. If you're the same speed, you both move an inch towards each other. If you're double the speed, you move two inches for every inch the other guy moves. Um, You can start the intercept... Uh, from at any time they get within four inches of you and you can figure out like where you want to intercept them at and figure out the prorated for that if you want to but um, you must move the shortest path possible to reach the target uh, model so an intercept move it cannot exceed four inches so you only have four inches if you choose to do this and if you move four inches in a straight line, they were in your front arc. If all the other, if all the requirements of a charge are met, the intercepting model can count as charging. Um, and a model can intercept a model doing a break off or evade action, but not the model that was broken off from. Uh, they're not eligible to intercept or. Yeah, so if some if you broke off a model and were trying to be fancy, you can't then intercept with your model to try to attack the model that was broken off of. Unless you're the uh, Shadow of Cormai, then you can do whatever the crap you want. But yeah. They, that's a shadow. If you have the shadow. That's neither here that's, nor there. That, yeah. That's a talent that lets them do that. Anyway, um, if you don't get three at least three inches and all other conditions of a charge met, you're not charging, but you can still make the intercept move. Um, you cannot... A model employing uh, the fly talent cannot be intercepted by a model without the fly talent. So if a flyer is coming in, you can't intercept it unless you also have fly. 
And that includes like where it lands. You still can't intercept it. And so, so basically, any time during its turn, you can't. So even though it charges my illusionist and technically has now landed because it's in yep. front, right, base to base contact, I can't intercept nope. because this is all happening real time, essentially, where it's kind of still floating. It's a flappy bird. You can't intercept flappy birds unless you're also a flappy bird. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, intercept is one that I've gotten wrong many times or have underutilized, I think. Um, and it, I think it is a little bit harder to explain, not visually. So, you know, anybody listening to this episode definitely reference the rule book because they have some great examples in there. Uh, Jeff, what page is Intercepts on? Intercepts on page 51 of the LRB. And this is, uh, we're all using uh, 22-3 here. Okay. Now, one question I had for intercept. Uh, you can only move up to the max of the four inches, right? Yep. And you can uh, also, you start, you know, you declare your intercept whenever they enter within four inches, right? So let's just use... Not in, uh, enter. At any point when they're within four inches of you, you can declare okay. an intercept. But you need to make sure that, like, y you can only move four inches. So if they're... So about to, to step out of yeah. your area, don't declare an intercept right then because you're not going to catch them. Right, definitely. But, you know, for example, this illusionist that's getting charged by the Boar Warrior, let's say Blackthorn is instead um, right behind him. Um, I could declare an intercept, let's say, you know, I'll declare it at the four-inch mark, right, when the Boar Warrior comes within four inches of the duelist, or mm -hmm. Blackthorn. And then at that point, I can then start doing that prorated movement and hopefully get in front of the illusionist before the boar yeah. warrior touches him, right? Yeah, if you're both the same speed, which the boar warrior and the blackthorn are the same they're speed, sevens. they're both sevens, mm -hmm. uh, and the blackthorn is only one inch behind the illusionist, he should be able to get in front of the boar warrior. Nice. he'll move now, two inches, and the boar warrior will move two inches, and that should be enough to intercept if you were two inches behind, you can still intercept, but um, the the illusionist is also going to be in melee. You can't prevent the illusions from getting into melee at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, just to kind of bring it all together, let's say that um, Boar Warrior is charging and my illusionist passes his evade test, right? Yep. So he starts to run off in that direction. The boar warrior still wants to try and catch him. I can still use my um, Blackthorn's intercept if I want to. Yep. Right? Yep. You can. And with that too, what is the requirements to intercept? Uh, what does the model need to be doing? They just need to be on hold. All reactions you gotta be on hold for or delayed. Okay. And then the enemy needs to come within four inches of you. And you can declare your intercept move. Just, you know. So, you know, intercept, there's a lot of nuances, like I said. So, Jeff, go over you, what you think you is maybe the most missed rule for intercept. It doesn't have to be a straight line. Is that what you're getting at? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally screwed you over in that game. <laughs> yeah, intercept doesn't have to be a straight line. It just has to be the shortest distance that you can take to intercept the model. And so, and you can, at any point that they're within four inches of you, you can uh, declare an intercept. So what happened in our game is Juice charged a guy um, and ended his move wherever he ended his move. And there were some boxes and stuff between my model and his model that he charged with. And I waited until he got, completed his charge and it was at that point that I chose to intercept. So his charge was completed, right? It was that last little... I made base half, contact, yeah. Half inch to, you know, whatever. And so he made contact with his target, but I intercepted and came around behind him because that was the shortest path at that point for me to intercept with. It's very gross. Yep, and so I did, and I intercepted with two models doing that. So and I Jeff, jumped on um, I jumped on his charger with two of my models, and I think I uh, broke off with the model that was in front because I didn't do anything. Yeah, because didn't help. And so I just left the combat. Yeah. Now his charger is sitting and, there, can't fight me in the uh, rear because he can't turn around, and he's all sad. Why couldn't I turn around, Jeff? Because you charged and exceeded your speed. 
Yeah, I moved more than double my speed, right? No, it's just you exceed your speed. Exceed your speed, yeah. Your maneuver, so if your speed seven, stat. yeah, if your speed seven, you move seven and a half inches, you can't change facing um, after that. Yeah, it's only so like I, once your move. I'd always thought that intercepting was a straight line because I don't know, maybe because I've always thought of it like if you the whole line where you know if you're you, trying um, to charge. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to get it, which I mean is always is usually the beneficial route, right? You know, it's nice, but uh, I intercept all the time, and rarely do I get a charge with it because I I want the utility of the intercept rather than getting a charge. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I intercept people that go past me all the time. That in their move, like three inches behind me, I'll intercept them. Is the line of sight 360, right? Uh-huh. So then you can do it any time during that path, even if they're in the back arc. Yeah, intercept just says uh, anybody that comes within four inches. And reactions, you are a model that can make one reaction being kind. You must be ready. So I say hold, but like... You know who shouldn't be able to intercept? Missed answers. <laughs> ready, ready as a model is ready if it is not panicked, not, pro not stunned, and not restrained. So Those misdancers are mean, and they kill people near demon gates. <laughs> so the reacting model must have the enemy model to which it is reacting in its front facing. So I say they go past me, they're still in my front facing because of my facing, or I react to them right before they leave my front facing. Okay, so at the very last moment, yeah. their last part of their base would yep. be you start your movement. Yep. So you can't, well, that's important, you can, though. Yep, so you can't react to somebody who's, like, coming up behind you. You can't do a react. If they're, if they're Intercept. Behind, you can't, yeah, if they're behind you, you can't react to them. You can't evade. You can't do anything. Um, and so if they've so we if they've already passed you, then you would have had to declare the intercept before they get past your front arc. Right, which all you do is you just I'm gonna intercept this guy when he gets as late as possible, and there you go. Okay. That's fine. Uh, the reacting player chooses the order in which each reaction occurs. So you get to if you're gonna react doing more like your one where you want to evade with the warlock with the illusionist and intercept with Blackthorn, you get to choose the order that those occur in. So you could intercept first, then evade, or you could evade and then intercept. Um, and then uh, the reacting model needs line of sight to the model which it's reacting. That one makes sense. And the player needs to describe the entire path and distance of the active model's move before any reaction decisions are made. This goes back to you declare what your movement it is, tell us the entire path of your movement, and then the opponent gets to make any reactions that they want. So there you go. Very nice. And to make a uh -huh. reaction move, you need to be unengaged, on hold, delay, and eligible to make a reaction move. So, you know, that brings up a good point, and it's a little bit redundant, but um, what is hold, and what scenarios might you end up on hold? Well, all models are on hold at the beginning of their turn. Okay? Like, before they move, before they do anything, they're on hold. It's like the basic state of a model. Hold up, I'm trying to find it. Of course. Um, so, hold on a second. It's not in model states. Isn't that fun? It's on page 49. You know, I know a guy. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's on page 49, but that's because it's a movement action. A model, the model does not move and is eligible to make reactions so long as other applicable conditions are met. A model from a free band that has not yet had its turn in the initiative sequence is considered to be on hold if it is not moved. So, if as long as you don't move, you're Very on nice. hold. And, you know, with that too, if I fail a delay test, I would be on hold, right? Because I yes. go back to my basic state. Yeah, well, you were on hold beforehand. You tried delay, and so you failed delay test your treat as on hold. So even if I go as the first player and I just decide not to move any of my models and declare they're on hold, then I could make reactions and, and do my stuff then, right? Yeah, you can react like crazy. Ask, uh, <laughs> I was playing a uh, in a tournament this past Sunday, and it was Seed Cash 
and one turn I had the I didn't move anybody. I didn't move a single character. And I go, I was going first. And I go, all right, uh, this ball is going to try and go on delay. Yep, he's on delay, and I'm done. Because then I was, all of my characters were eligible for reactions. And I had a model with cunning out front to evade and bring him back into the mob of reactions. So. It's nasty. You're disqualified. Yeah. Yep. We're given the we're given the win to the second player. It was it was it was fun. Well, unless Deet, it's Colin. No, it was Deeds. No, Deeds would have loved that. So, anyway, it was a really it was a really fun game. He didn't fall for the trap, so he's a really good player. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's a that's a little bit about that. Um. So with that, um. Is there any other things, you know, obviously these episodes are not going to cover everything. And I think there's a lot going into this that we're, you know, we could still cover. I think in one of our next episodes, we'll probably cover terrain because in movement in terrain, it can be its own segment because there's a lot with that. Yeah. Different types um, of terrain. Yep. And, yeah. And different we'll types the... of terrain and line of sight involving terrain and like charging through terrain, all those things. We can also talk about climb, jump and swim as part of that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all part of the movement, and those are things that people either get wrong or don't use a lot. Yeah, I know I get wrong um, charging through a forest all the time. It just like it just happens, um, or like declaring a charge, but you're in difficult terrain. Yep, um, that that stumps some kind of one that stumps me a lot. So. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, Jeff. Um, I think, you know, as of right now, that we've talked about a lot of great things. Um, we always encourage anybody, though, listening to these episodes to go ahead and check out the newest edition of the rulebook because you never know when some of this might get updated. And also with that, um, we could get it wrong. Uh, it is very possible. Uh, our terminology or maybe even our understanding could always be wrong. Uh, Jeff is, like I said, a vault of knowledge when it comes to that stuff, and I'm not bad myself, but uh, and he's, as you've been listening, you know, he's been referencing the rule book just to make sure he's on par as well. I'm but, sure I'm sure um, I'll get an earful from Colin or John about something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because terms or something, but you know, we, we, the whole point of these episodes is so that people can start thinking about it. Um, you know, you might listen to it. We don't expect you to take this as gospel, but what we want you to do is um, say, like, hey, you know, I didn't really know Evade had so many, like Jeff said, you could set traps with it. I've always just thought of it as, I don't want this model to die, you know. Um, so you can take the opportunity to go read about it and just be... Um, enjoy the game mechanics the way they're meant to be enjoyed and um, play the game that we all really, you know, love and enjoy. So, yeah. So, and if you have any quite or anything that you want us to cover in these rules, uh, segments, messages, let us know and we will seek to cover those. Yeah. Like I said, cause there's a lot, um, fly is its own thing. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> we could have spent the whole 15 minutes on a fly, which we probably will at some point. But, all right, well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we hope you have a happy day, night, brunch, whatever, dawn, and uh, you have a good one. Good night, everybody.